Thanks for joining us today at The Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. The Bread of Life is a program of the International Disciple-Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism, and its local mission church fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. If you go to our website, breadoflifeboise.org, you'll find links to our radio archives and our local ministry. If you'll go to the website traincpe.org, you can learn more about our overseas ministry. Your support of this broadcast helps us carry this work forward. In our last presentation, we noted the odd situation we're in. The world has been brought to a standstill. Now the question is, will those in it listen to what God would make known to them? And will God's messengers carry His word forward to the nations in this historical pause? On Mount Horeb, God sent a great wind, a great earthquake, and a great fire to the prophet Elijah, who was wanting to quit his mission. But then God came to Elijah, not in the wind or earthquake or the fire, but in a still, small voice with a question. Elijah, what are you doing here? The implication was, get moving towards your witness. In the still, small voice, God illustrated that he works to speak and reveal himself through the quiet, through humble people like, well, like you and I. God also demonstrated that his normal means of communication was not in the dramatic, but in the normal quiet of life. You don't have to drum up attention to be used to speak profoundly for God. Another lesson we learned, which we'll continue to consider today, is that God delights in the quiet of mercy more than in the noise of judgment. And it is the mercy of God we must offer people now when judgment seems to be happening all around us. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom we hid our faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And upon him the chastisement that brought us peace was laid. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus Christ bore our sins and died for us, giving expression to the deep and profound mercy of God. And Jesus did it for us quietly and gently and calmly. The wind and the earthquake and the fire are all expressions of the judgment of God. The wind dispersing, the earthquake unsettling, the fire purging. Actually, you can read through your Bibles and you'll see on a number of different occasions when God is revealing the expressions and the sequences of his judgment, that he usually reveals it in these essential elements of wind and earthquake and fire. But God doesn't reveal himself to Elijah in these three things. Judgment is God's strange work. If you had time, you could go to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 21. There in the passage, the context of the passage is God's judgment that's coming to a a location and a place. And there 
the prophet Isaiah calls the judgment of God his strange work. And the idea there is that it is God's uncommon work. God's uncommon work is judgment. So what is God's common work? Mercy. Mercy is God's common work. Judgment is his strange work, but mercy is his heart made known to us. Here in mercy, God draws near to reveal himself to the senses of Elijah. In the quietness, following the concentration that's come from the sound of the wind and the thuttering of the earthquake and the rushing roar of burning fire, God makes himself known and reveals himself the quiet voice of the gospel, the quiet expressions of mercy. You come to Christ this way. You are awakened to your need of salvation because God impresses you with a sense of your sin and your lack of righteousness and your desert of justice and you feel and you know and your heart quivers with the sense and quakes with the sense of God's justice. God's wind of his spirit blows upon you and disperses all of your defenses. God's earthquake comes and shakes you up from all the foundation that you've laid, a faulty foundation you've laid of your own works and your own effort. And a fire burns away, burning away all the different things that you've claimed made you right and acceptable before God. And then in that moment, in that moment, God speaks to you. And shows you a way forward. And God speaks to you in the quiet voice of a lamb who suffered for you and for your sins. In the quiet knocking of a Savior at the door of your heart. Calling you into his mercy and his forgiveness. And that's where God is. That's where you meet God. Is in that quiet moment of mercy. Keep it in mind and remember it. It's here, too, in this moment, when we experience that mercy, that we truly learn reverence in the fear of God. It's in that moment, actually, that we cover our faces with our mantles. We throw our hands for a face. Oh, God, God, forgive me, and God, cleanse me. It's in that holy moment, in the quietness of mercy, in the quietness of the gospel, Oftentimes what happens for a Christian after that experience is they forget that merciful moment, that great moment of meeting God. They're impressed instead with the sound of the wind and the earthquake and the fire and the impulses of justice and they pick up their causes and they realize how people live in moral darkness and how they're making decisions that are bringing ruin upon them and they begin to mount upon their rocks and they try to communicate to people out of the intensity of their sense of awakened sense of justice, of right and wrong. And it's not that we can't speak to people about right and wrong, and it's not that we can't point out to people that there is a judgment facing them, but I want you to know you can't speak as effectively to them of those things. You cannot present the wind and the fire and the earthquake to them as effectively as the Holy Spirit does when he convicts people of sin and righteousness and judgment. It's a strange and wonderful work. You're to meet God in the quietness of the gospel and learn the sound of his voice and know it. And then you're to take the quietness of that gospel and the sound of his voice to others. To be ambassador of that mercy and of that gospel. And to speak into other people's lives. I guarantee you right now there are people, because of this pandemic that's going around, that are acutely aware of their sin. They're acutely aware of their lack of righteousness. 
and they're acutely aware and fearful of oncoming judgment. And what they need to hear is the quiet expressions of mercy of the gospel. Here's the fourth thing for you. It's this. God's desire is that judgment would lead to receiving of mercy. God's desire is that judgment would lead to the receiving of mercy. Throughout the Bible accounts, there are awful moments of judgment, and we're told of a final judgment that's going to come upon a sea of lost souls in which they'll be swept away into outer and unending darkness. But even the opening up to us of these thunderous moments where God allows us to see what he's done in the past, where God brings us to confront his judgments in the present, when God reveals to us the judgments that are coming in the future, all of them are meant by God to turn us instead away from judgment into mercy. As a rule, whenever you see God acting in judgment throughout the Bible, it is almost always after that judgment that God is seeking to turn people from their self-destructive behavior that you see God extending to the people an invitation of mercy and forgiveness. There is almost always, by the way, at the end of every judgment of God, a pause where God calls out and God promised to receive anyone who would turn to him and seek him and find him. And God's call goes out in a still small voice. Jeremiah was a prophet like Elijah. He sounded out God's judgment. He sounded out the warnings of God to the people. And God called upon Jeremiah to write down all of his prophecies and all the judgments that he gave to the people of Judah. And Jeremiah in 36, Jeremiah 36 verses 2 and 3 There God reveals to Jeremiah the purposes for all these judgments that he's given Jeremiah to declare before the people of Judah. Jeremiah 36, verses 2 through 3. Here's what we read. God says to Jeremiah, Take a scroll of a book, write in it all the words that I have spoken to you against Israel, against Judah, against all the nations, from the day that I spoke to you, from the days of Josiah, even to this day. It may be, that the house of Judah will hear all the adversities which I purpose to bring upon them, that everyone may turn from his evil way, and I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Even in judgment, even in judgment, God's heart is plotting and planning and longing to deliver mercy and forgiveness to those who will turn to him. What's the application for us in all this? Well, in the season that we're in, I think we have opportunity now to listen to the Lord and hear what he's saying. We look for him in all things. Having listened and looked for him, we need to be ready to speak simply of him and of his gospel. We need to let judgment, in a sense, be his strange work. You don't need to emphasize that here. Only Only emphasize it to the extent that it allows you to call people and share with people the overabounding expression of God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's extended grace to all who would turn into him. Remember, even on Mount Sinai, where God brought the law, when God revealed himself to Moses, he revealed himself to him as one who forgives iniquities and is abounding in mercy and loving kindness. That's the presence. That's the message that God would reveal to our hearts even now. and That's what God would have us to reveal to others in this season. Let's bow our heads and let's pray.
Lord, my heart is expanding in a desire to know you more deeply in this time and season. When you have disrupted the regular cadence of life and the regular patterns that we've been used to uh, moving through day in and day out, the disruption, O oh God, has come. And yet on the other side of it is an opportunity to be quiet before you and hear what you're saying. Your quiet, still voice calling us to yourself, calling us to confess sins, calling us to confess where we've neglected seeing you and recognizing you in all of our days prior to this and seeking you in all those things, calling us to receive your mercy and your forgiveness and to be reconciled to you and to enjoy your presence, calling us, O God, to speak of that reconciling grace and mercy to others. We have a longing now. We're, We're mindful now. We've been removed from people that we see on a regular basis and we want to see them, but when we see them again, what do we want to tell them? What do we want to share with them? We want to share with them you and your grace and your mercy and your love. I pray to God that you would grant each and every one of us time and discipline to pray for those who we know that you've entrusted to us, interceding that you might condition their hearts and prepare them for the word of mercy and grace and good news that you would share with him through our lips. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.